Ni Hao, or Jiao Susan. But today I'm not going to be talking about Mandarin as I did in the last couple of podcasts. I would like to jump into the space of assessment and reporting. It happens to be the end of term two at the moment, and a lot of teachers are finishing off their reports. So I'm sure your headspace has been very much in the nitty gritty of getting all of those reports done. So in this podcast, I want to tell you about the things that are actually written about language reporting in the Victorian Curriculum and Assessment Authority's guidelines. So here's a quick summary. It must be to the Victorian Curriculum Achievement Standards. It must be a five-point scale and it must be informed by evidence. A language report does not have to be age-referenced. The second myth is that it is recognised that the time on task, including the language lesson time that's scheduled, will impact the achievement standard and therefore the progression point. And there's a whole range of even better ifs. Even better if there is an oral measurement tool. Speak up's ideal. Yes, you knew I was going to say that. Even better if there are ICANN statements that have been developed from the Victorian Curriculum Achievement Standards. Remember, achievement standards. These are not the content descriptors. These are not the elaborations. The achievement standard is where it describes what students should be able to do by a particular level. ICANN statements are self-assessment and growth monitoring for students is a completely brilliant idea. Have ICANN statements displayed in your classroom? And when I say ICANN statements, I'm specifically meaning the ones that are directly related to the Victorian Curriculum Achievement Standards. Use Speak Up to reference the ICANN statements. So get the students to take their Speak Up sample, the written version of it, and see what they think that sample demonstrates against the ICANN statements. Just get them to tick boxes and things. And that picture prompts and scenarios or actual student classroom interactions are the basis for unscripted spontaneous use. So students are saying what they want to say with sentences that they have built for themselves in a context which has is not just a role play. It's something where they're actually doing something. So they're actually colouring a picture and actually asking each other for colours, actually negotiating which colour goes where. They can be really simple things initially. Playing card games, organising who's going to be in a group, all of those things that I've mentioned in other podcasts before, and or using the picture prompts to get that conversation going. In this scene, what might the students be saying with each other? So, musts, myths, and even better ifs. Did I say that well enough? Was that clear? So, let's look at these in more detail. The first must is reporting must be to the Victorian Curriculum Achievement Standards. This is in the Victorian Curriculum Assessment Authority's Reporting Guidelines, number 42, it says schools should report student achievement against the set of achievement standards set out in the eight learning areas and four capabilities of the Victorian Curriculum, F to 10, consistent with the whole school teaching and learning plan. 
pretty simple. It's just a lot more words saying exactly the same thing that we've got to be reporting against the achievement standards. Just to be really clear, the achievement standards is the summary. It's the paragraph at the end of level two, level four, whichever one that you're looking at, which says by the end of level four, students are able to so that's the key one for reporting. The other parts of the curriculum are there to support your planning, your development of your program, and the elaborations in particular are quite useful for that. But it's the achievement standards that are for reporting. The second must is it must be a five-point scale. The middle point somewhere in the middle of what your students might be able to achieve two points below that and two points above that to give a decent range of abilities that you might be sharing with parents and carers where that particular student is up to. And here's the piece from the Victorian Curriculum Assessment Authority. It's number two. It says, the current reporting requirements are based on the education funding agreement with the Commonwealth Government and require that schools report student achievement to parents twice a year using a five-point scale or equivalent. So we can't just say is at level, below level and above level. We do, do need two more pieces on the sides of those. And that's only one way of describing a five-point scale. It just needs to have a, a middle description and then two more potential things on the other side. The third must is that teacher judgment does need to be informed by evidence. I actually got this one from the frequently asked questions regarding student reporting that the Department of Education has put out for Victorian schools. And it simply says, teacher judgments will be based on evidence collected through the reporting period. So you've got to have evidence, a five-point scale, and report to the Victorian Achievement Standards. I have to say, it's taken me all of my teaching career so far to be given the opportunity to actually report to the Victorian Achievement Standards in a way that I feel that I'm being fair as a teacher. Because right at the beginning of my career, and I'm wondering if other people have experienced this, this was in a government school. I assessed the students and I put them against the Victorian Curriculum achievement standards and I gave them progression points according to where I thought that they were sitting from what I understood the Victorian Curriculum Achievement Standards were saying or whatever was in at the time. Which meant that quite a few students in the grade five, six areas, even in the grade four areas, I gave them progression points that were probably twos, 2.5. I'm just using today's scale. The numbers were different at the time. And my principal came to me and said, look, this student's a really good student. I said, yes, they are. So they're getting A's for everything else and you're giving them an E. And I said, that's what my curriculum's telling me to do. And she said, we can't do that. 
So I didn't. And she said, I think you need to go back and redo your progression points. And if the student's doing well for what you expect them to be able to do, given your circumstance, then give them a progression point that shows that they're doing well. Which means I've spent a lot of years fluffing. And it's really not been satisfying in terms of my own sense of professional integrity, I suppose. So I'm hoping that this podcast is something that you will be able to show to your leadership if you want to be able to say, look, this grade five student is currently working at a 2.5 in terms of progression points. This is the evidence. And that's because I'm not doing a 150 minute a week program, which is completely fine. It doesn't make them a bad student, but it does require a little bit more conversation with the school community before you go ahead and do that because it does sometimes look like that particular grade five student, I don't know why I picked on grade five, it does look like they are not achieving in your language when in fact they are doing a really good job. So see if you can have some discussions about that. Let's have a look at the myths. Myth number one It does not have to be age-related, which goes back to what I was just saying. It's not required that a Year 5 student gets close to a 5.0 progression point. And here's the piece in the Victorian Curriculum Assessment Authority. It says, number 17, reporting student achievement against the Victorian Curriculum F to 10 achievement standards in English and maths should be provided for every student each semester. And this reporting should include information about the age-related expected level of achievement, except in specific instances of individual students where this has been determined by schools in partnership with parents. So for English and maths, it is required that there is an age-related expected level in the report, which your school shows that that student is being close to or not being close to. So for languages, it is not necessary to have that age-related progression point. In other words, you don't actually have to do the progression point. If you've got a five-point scale of some other variety, which is in that formal report, it is not necessary to actually put it in as a progression point, which means if that student is achieving the sorts of skills that is at 2.5 in our Victorian Curriculum Achievement Standards, then you can describe that you can use other words. As long as you've got that five points to scale, it does not have to be for languages in as a progression point. That's only a requirement in English and mathematics And don't quote me on it, but I'm pretty sure I saw science in there. Second myth. It is recognised that the time on task, including language lesson time, will impact the achievement standard and therefore the progression point. If it is less than 150 minutes per week, then of course the progress will be significantly different. Here is the piece of information from the Victorian 
Curriculum Assessment Authority. It's number 26. The expected level of achievement for a cohort will, in part, be determined by the teaching and learning program, which includes decisions about opportunities for learning and time allocation to different curriculum areas. So if your school, like most schools, has chosen not to have 150 minutes per week for their learning time, it is not expected in the Victorian curriculum that you have to achieve what would be the age-related expectation if you did have 150 minutes per week of learning time. As well as remembering the forgetting curve, if you can remember a forgetting curve, that that once a week situation brings us down to about 10% memory and therefore we are not building that active recall that is necessary for the sort of language progression that would be expected at a level six Victorian curriculum achievement standard. Where did I get the 150 minutes per week from? The Victorian Curriculum Assessment Authority's document about reporting guidelines. It says, number 24, the level of attainment will depend to a significant degree on time on task provided through the teaching and learning program. For example, the level of language attainment for schools in a school that provide a bilingual program in German is likely to be higher than the level of attainment achieved by students studying German for 150 minutes per week. So the 150 minutes per week there is an example of what would be expected not in a bilingual program. As in what would it be expected in a program that is simply a languages program run by the school, like most of the language teachers that I know are running, but aren't actually 150 minutes per week. Oh, well, maybe one day. <laughs> Let's hope, because 150 minutes per week would really be a very strong quality languages program. 30 minutes a day, using it throughout the day, it would be amazing. And the teachers as co-learners model that we work on in the Catholic sector now is starting to achieve something a lot closer to that model where that revisiting of the language is frequent daily and used in context throughout the day. Zaitian, 